Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my hopes for Season of the Worthy. I want to kind of walk through everything that's been announced and address kind of things I'm hopeful about, maybe a little bit concerned about. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live whenever I'm streaming. I'm usually streaming when these hit the feeds. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can hit like, share, subscribe, the little bell button, leave in a comment. All those things are great ways to help me out. So I'm going to walk through some big headings here. I'm going to walk through story and then activities and loot and then end with trials uh, there's a you know there's a lot in here I think in this season that I'm I'm not clear on right now there are some there are some things in here that don't necessarily make a ton of sense because they haven't really outlined any details about the activities themselves so I want to start with story because again that's that's sort of the more of the generic springboard for this season we had the scene with Rasputin and Osiris and all that and then we got you know the the extra stuff and the oh it's actually going to include uh, Zavala and it's going to include Anna Bray but in general I don't think story is going to be a big focus but I do think I'm going to start there I, I really think that there could be some meaningful advances with Rasputin and Osiris. They, they wrote that lore on the Bungie.net website. I'm hoping they continue to advance the story. I kind of didn't like how in Warmind's DLC, Rasputin was sort of non-existent. We didn't really interact with him that much. And then we had that really big cool ender where he basically told us to screw off. And then that was kind of the end of it. So I hope they really advance his story more. Maybe even let us learn about him as a Warmind. What exactly does it mean? You know, what about the submines and other things that certain things got retconned from D1 and kind of got deleted basically from the lore. So I also would like to see potential. This is getting thrown around here. Aldrin maybe making an appearance. Paul Tassi, you know, wrote a whole article outlining a lot of the community's theories about this. It does say that we're going to have some unlikely allies this season. I don't know if they're referring to Rasputin. That doesn't seem unlikely. We've allied with him before. It would me. It would seem more unlikely that we would be randomly kind of having to, and it said, put away past differences. Again, that kind of feels like it could be Aldrin. Now, a lot of people are speculating about the, you know, the helmet in the video. Is that Aldrin? Is it not? And we looked at it, it looked like a warlock chess piece, but people are still thinking that it might be Aldrin because it is such a unique helmet. I think it's probably just one of the exotics. I, I The more we looked at that, the more it was, to me, the more it was clear it was just somebody wearing blue armor uh, from a warlock, which they could be playing some games with us and ha- making him wear something that doesn't quite make sense for, for him to wear. But by and large, I would like it if he, you know, kind of came back. And kind of came in and had his own his own contribution to the story, but I don't, I'm not going to hang my hat on that. I also hope that they have like an impact over our NPC and vendor interactions, maybe with the weapon pursuits, maybe the little lines that they give. I do think that's something the seasons could focus on is making the game world feel like it's kind of pushing forward. You know, whenever you hear the NPCs or the vendors in the tower making reference to stuff that's going on, maybe they have new pursuits and new items and new activities you know, for you to do, that's also kind of tied to what's going on, so that's kind of my thoughts on story I never put a whole lot of stock in story, but there, I still think there are some pretty cool things they can do and have done, like rescuing Saint-14 you know, from the past now, activities, this is where it gets a little muddy, we don't really know what exactly is going on, I am a little confused why the Seraph Towers and the bunkers are free they seem to be related to the public space, maybe that's why they had to make it free maybe this will serve as a catalyst to the actual seasonal content, which the legendary lost sectors are not free. So this could be sort of an obelisk sundial situation where they let everybody get the obelisk for free. You could look at them, but you couldn't get all the things. 
And then that was obviously related to the sundial. That's kind of a soft push for people to feel like, oh, I should probably just buy the season pass. It's only $10 and there's all this stuff going on. We've gotten almost no details about this. We just know that the Seraph Tower public event and the bunkers and the legendary lost sectors are all three different distinct activities. But we don't exactly know how those tie together. The artifact and the gear look good. I really do like the look of the, the gear. I'm hopeful that maybe they outline some newer perks. We liked Osmosis and we liked Vorpal. But, you know, it'd be cool to see more this season as well, especially when the weapons look more like old school, traditional weaponry. I've always liked the look of the Warmind stuff. It's always been cool that we have like an old timey, it's weird to say that, right? But the Kvasov looks like a, you know, a weapon from our era and not the future. And some of the new weapons that they've got, you know, pictures of on the website look like they're in line with that. Then the power grind, I, I continue to hope that they they trim that they trim that down. I know that a lot of people were kind of surprised we did a ten bump. Now we're doing a forty bump and a ten bump on the on the pinnacle. So it's you know, it's a forty with an optional extra ten. For me, I I've never been big on the leveling, so I'm hopeful that they continue to make that a kind of a fast process, not super arduous. I think the initial weekend of trials having the artifact power enabled is going to be frustrating for some folks because there's going to be people that really spend the first week absolutely optimizing their power grind, both from the pinnacle and the power grind, as well as with saving bounties and kind of grinding the artifacts. Um, and that's just something that I. It's a shame they couldn't figure that out because I do think it's going to cause some frustration for people, but I'm hopeful that it won't be too bad. Most people are able to prepare um, this week and get leveled up enough. Uh, Guardian Games, a lot of people have questions about that. I'm hopeful that it's a continued evolution of the community event. We had the Mars Challenge in the first season uh, during Shadowkeep. Then we had the, you know, Empyrean Restoration, and then we have Guardian Games. I would like it to be sort of a a continuation of the idea of the 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 end of season community event where we're going to the tower it's making changes in the tower it looks like we're going to be like banking moats in the tower uh influencing hunter titan or warlock you know hall of fame little plaques or flags or whatever um mars event was in opulence oh it was in opulence i am sorry i was mistaken about that i thought that was during for some reason, I thought that was during Shadowkeep. That was at the end of Opulence. Um, there wasn't really a Mars event. There wasn't really an event at the end, was it? I mean, we had to kill... We, oh, that's what it was. I'm sorry. We thought that the Undying Mine was going to be a community event, but it ended up not being one. Like, we've got to kill him so many times, and it ended up not being a community event. So, I'm hopeful that that continues to iterate on the idea of, like, oh, it's the end of the season. It's a community event. We're making changes. I just hope they steer away from doing another Empyrean Foundation where we're all standing in the tower smashing a button. I think they that was good. It was fine. One-time thing. Nobody was going to want to do that again. Um, so, you know, it'd be it'd be nice if they could tone that aspect of it down. Grandmaster Nightfalls, another thing we know absolutely nothing about. We don't know how they're going to institute the difficulty. We don't know what the rewards are going to be. It's on the calendar, you know, like a month in, I think, in the season. I'm hopeful they were thoughtful about rewards there. If it's just more currency grind, that kind of doesn't make any sense. Why would you bother leveling and getting all your gear min-maxed and completely maxed out just to go grind for more currency? I feel like there's going to need to be something extra special in there or something specific to Grandmasters, like Adept Weapons and Trials, and then you would have Grandmaster you know, items and loot every season as well. Lastly, let's talk about Trials. Obviously, we're really, really hoping and pulling that the TWAB this week 
the, the night before, you know, March 12th. The night before, we're really hoping for the TWAB, the blog from Bungie, to address anti-cheating, uh, anti-cheat software of some sort to keep it from becoming really, really nasty in trials. Also, DDoS banning, banning DDoSers. Is there stuff in place to really detect these guys um, and, and keep them from continuing to be in the playlist? I, I don't know if they're going to have anything automated for that. I do think that anti-cheat is good if they can implement it but then the really really big concern would be it's it's hard to detect and prevent ddosing other than banning and putting people on probation who have sketchy cards because i do think it'd be something that should stand out pretty quickly i just don't know how quickly bungie can act when they feel that they have somebody who has like a sketchy trials card where the other teams keep disconnecting I also think for trials, I'm going to continue to say I really hope that they were thoughtful about bounties for everybody. You getting gear at win 3 and 5 is nice, but bounties to get the gear is also, I think, a really, really smart play to keep as many people in the playlist as possible. If it's just sweaties, if it's just stacked teams, the playlist could dry up pretty fast. One of the things I think that helped trials so much prior to Rise of Iron was the idea that you could go run bounties and not have to obsess about going flawless. You could get a couple of wins, have some fun games, get some loot, and then kind of tap out. For the people that want to run trials every single weekend, that would actually be to your benefit if Bungie really motivated people to be in there every weekend for the bounties. Uh, I'm hopeful that they were thoughtful about the guns for trials, adept versions, slightly better versions in the lighthouse, maybe even trials perks again to you know go hand in hand with sunsetting. If trials guns have a little bit of extra love, you know you use them for a while. Power enabled will eventually help to sort of retire those weapons down the line whenever they are no longer infusible. And then we don't know about the armor either. Is it just going to be glows? Is the is the difference between the you know the armor that you can get from wins three and five, or maybe if there's bounties? is the difference between the armor. You know, I know when you go flawless, it glows, but you know, what's, what's going to be the difference. And then obviously hopeful that there's still boons. There's still a mercy boon of some type. I think that's a really, really helpful one. Uh, and then just curious about that. So by and large, I am hopeful about this season. It seems like it's going to be really, really good. It also seems like they're kind of keeping their cards close to the chest. So we again, go through like a season of discovery. So we don't know everything ahead of time. And I kind of like that approach since it is only a $10 season. They don't need to go too crazy with the hype train. So we're going to go to question and answer next. Next, as always, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my talk about Season of the Worthy, my hopes for it, kind of walking through everything that's coming and thinking through what we kind of hope to see and what we are still maybe a little bit concerned about. Uh, If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. And if you're on YouTube, hit and like, share, subscribe, the bell button, and all those things will help me out. I am sorry. I know some of the episodes recently I've been very distracted and checking my phone. There's been a lot going on with this project that I'm trying to launch. And now it's going to get even more complicated because my wife and I are buying a house. So if I periodically check my phone or my email or things like that, I know that that kind of brings some of the professionalism down and I'm just, I'm doing my best to spin 18 plates while also streaming every single day. So, (laughs) Uh, but I try to give you guys what I feel like is a really, really good value and good audio. And, you know, I want it to continue to feel like a very seamless podcast. So first question from he's on C in your best guess is balancing PC console, a human resource issue or technological Well, to a certain degree, it's not a technological difficulty. They could certainly push out and do tests on PC and only push out that update to PC because it's in Steam, right? It's so th- there's not a technological reason. It's more than likely a bandwidth issue. You you have to do double the testing. 
if you're going to start to tweak things. And then once you do it once, you're always in that mode. Oh, well, you guys made these changes to, I don't know. I'm going to throw out a random one. You made changes to accuracy, range, and bloom on hand cannons on PC. Okay? As soon as you do it once, now you're in that world of anytime you do an update to hand cannons on PC, you're just testing PC. You're just addressing those issues on PC. You're signing up to always have to double your testing and double your workload for patches, updates, and tweaks. So Bungie just sort of said, I think they're just kind of saying, yeah, we're not going to do that, you know? And to a certain extent, to a certain extent, here's where people kind of have to get over that, all right? The future of gaming is going into a way and into a place where cross-play is assumed and desired. And if that's the case, you just kind of have to suck it up. You you can't say, oh, I want everything to be catered to me on controller, on, on console, because I might have to play against PC users. On for- in Fortnite, it's a self-initiated thing. They do not just throw you into lobbies against PC players in Fortnite. You initiate a, a blended lobby with your buddies, and then you end up in blended lobbies against people all across the spectrum. And when they do that, they can't be like, well, guns are going to be a little bit better for you and a little bit harder for these guys, and we're going to really do a lot of tweaks. Now, I don't know if Fortnite does a lot of like console PC balancing with respect to that. I think a lot of it, it, it comes from aim assist and things like that getting tweaked but I don't know if they go to like a specific weapon and they say oh this weapon this weapon on console is getting this damage reduction and range increase but then this this weapon on PC is not Fortnite's actually cross play these days um it's only cross play if you initiate it though L. Valen. did they change that if cross if crossplay is always on, that's kind of weird. I thought you had to initiate it. I thought you had to blend the lobby, and then it told you you were going into blended lobbies. It doesn't like force you uh, into blended lobbies. A lot of people are using uh, controllers now on PC for the aim assist. Oh, crossplay is always on. Really, I bet you they made that change when they went to putting bots in the game and doing skill based matchmaking. They're assuming, probably, that their own internal matchmaking is protecting people who are like a potato on a controller not having to go into a server where Tifu's hanging out. So, more than likely, that's when they made that change. They did it before the bots? Okay. I've not been tracking with the game for that long. In general, though, in general, whenever I would read through their patch notes and they made like a pa- they made like an update on a weapon, they weren't like, oh, but we're not doing this on PC or, oh, but we're not doing this on consoles. Like, no, this is how the weapon's going to behave. Now, sure, they'll go in and tweak aim assist and things for uh, building and the different modes they added for controller, like the, um, I forget the, what the building mode is. You can change your, you know, your key binds or whatever. Builder Pro is what it was called, I think. But as far as I remember, they never went and said, hey, we're going to do, we're going to make sure that this gun behaves differently, you know, in, in, in different times. Um, can't be during the day. Sorry. My wife's asking about scheduling the home inspection tomorrow. Um, uh, I can't because I can't go. I mean, it would 4 p.m., so then I would show up. So I would show up around six. Sorry, sorry, I told you this was gonna happen. Sorry. Um, 
tomorrow's too big of a day for me um, to, to leave in the middle of the stream. But if I if I don't have to be there until five or six, that's fine. That's normal for me. Um, and it's a super it's super close to us. So, all right, next question. Sorry. Parasito, do you think we'll see another Menagerie lookalike, or will the season activity be new, keeping in mind the parallel development tracks at Bungie? This, I don't think we're getting Menagerie, Sundial, anything. Um, we just, that's just, there's just no way. Uh, it seems, it seems that, um, uh, it seems that they're going more in a public space it, it, this is going to feel more like Escalation Protocol. There's going to be this Tower Seraph thing going on. That's attached to the Bunkers things, it seems. And then there's the Legendary Lost Sectors. Um, uh, Wednesday would be better. Um, so, that's... I don't, I don't think they're going to like a six-man match-made Menagerie Sundial thing. I don't think they're doing that. They're not going that direction. They seem to be going the direction of we are... Um, we are going to give you like a public space thing that can just kind of happen. Seraph Tower is going to be EP light. Right. Because if like, if you scroll down here, if you go to the page on Bungie's website, there's the teal box and there's like the gray box. What's available to everybody, the Seraph Tower public event and the bunker activities is available to everybody. So you can just be in the public space as far as I can tell. And that's just going to be going on. Legendary Lost Sectors are not. They're going to be paid only. In light of that reality, I would think that it's not going to feel Menagerie or Sundial at all. It's going to feel maybe a little bit more stripped down. We don't exactly know what Legend Sundial is going to look like. Um, So because of that, I would think that you're going to probably strip down to a three-man team and go in. It also seems like if you scroll to the pictures, it seems like when they're in the bunkers... Um, and this could be a legendary law sector or a bunker. I don't know. It seems like there's NPCs down there. It seems like there's robots, robots down there. Maybe that's a way, like when you had access to the obelisks, like you couldn't get everything right. Um, you, you couldn't get every single thing. And then maybe that's what they're going to be doing. You're going to be going down into a bunker and you're gonna be like, Oh, there's these NPCs. Oh, I'm not getting everything. That's kind of a bummer. Um, so I don't, I don't honestly know if, if we can make too many speculations more than what I just did. I haven't gone much further than these speculations because it doesn't seem like they're doing the six-man match-made thing. They're doing something else. Um, Legendary Lost Sector's better hit. That's the paid part of the season. That's the main difference between free and paid. That's one of my concerns. I've mentioned that numerous times. It is really weird when you come to this teal and gray area. If you highlight weekly respite and challenges in Legendary Lost Sectors, those are the only two activity-oriented aspects of the paid side. From here down, it's not activity-oriented. It's either an exotic quest line or gear or loot that you can also get on the other side. You just It takes a little bit longer. Um, so I don't know. It is a weird breakdown. It is a, definitely a weird breakdown this time around. Uh, R- Risen Jedi Knight. Lone, are the legendary lost sectors and bunkers the same thing? No, they're completely different activities. That was clarified by Cosmo like the day all this went live. Nick Solo, how can Bungie make endgame PvP loot sort of viable for non-PvP gods? 
I don't know what you mean by sort of viable. Endgame PvP loot has always been pretty good. I also think the Trials loot could afford to be adept and have perks that are only active in Trials as a way to make that weaponry super appealing in Trials. And then when it gets sunset a year later, it kind of makes sense, right? You're like, oh... This power-enabled trials, and this is you know this can no longer be leveled up. This is now a sunset weapon. Um, okay, home inspection Wednesday. Great, perfect. My wife is a freaking champion. Uh, yeah. So I that would be my thoughts on the on the trials weapons is that they're adept and have some sort of a trials perk that's only active in trials. Um, uh, a grandma shake says do you think this season's schedule being somewhat more secretive will lead to more community surprises like another event or an exotic dungeon I certainly hope so the bastion thing kind of landed like a bit of a dud we had this amazing community event the quarters of time it was really cool everybody was having you know having this sort of oh my gosh what's it going to lead to moment and it led to something that was you know a bit of a downer so um, I know Wednesday's Ori day, but I got early access, so we played on Saturday, and I'll be playing more today and more tomorrow if I if I'm able to. I, I can only go so far in the in the early play. I am sorry that the purchasing of a house is is kind of throwing things into upheaval this week. So I would I would think there might be they're, they're wanting to go to a more surprise route. They did say the German community manager said they took our our feedback under advisement about last season and this season's sort of calendar is not necessarily the same as it used to be next question from Lunav do you think adept weapons or exotic trials weapons to appear next season possibly as potential flawless reward yeah I've, I've already kind of said that seems to be where they're going to want to take things um, with a, a adept or extra stuff on there I think would be nice Parasito. What do you think we could expect regarding old content reuse or refresh? We almost always see something get a refresh, coat of paint, or used in a mission or something. Escalation Protocol could be part of the initial sort of kickoff. We go to Mars, we do some stuff there to kind of kick things off. I honestly don't know. First time buyer? Yes. So we're very excited. I honestly don't know how they are planning to tie an escalation protocol. I will say I'm disappointed if they don't do anything with EP because they just recently retooled like the armor earn rate and everything. I feel like they could have thrown those weapons in there, especially they could have thrown in the hand cannon because there's actually four Icolos weapons. They could have thrown the hand cannon in there, random rolls, and that would have been another little like fun free grind they could have added as like a nice little update. Now they could be holding these cards close to their chest, okay? Something that I've been saying is if starting in September, they start to act on Luke Smith's plan to invest in core activities as opposed to doing like a new thing that goes away, new thing that goes away. If they start to act on that plan where, oh, we're going to we're gonna reinvest in core activities. I've been saying they basically have two years of content they could do that with. So starting in September could kind of be the beginning of year one's repurposing. That would include the Vanilla Planets. It would include the Osiris Forge. It would include the Infinite Forest. It would include Escalation Protocol. So it's possible. It's possible they're they're deciding that, oh, we're going to hold on to that. We're going to wait. Instead of using it in a $10 season, we're going to use it once we shift to the reinvesting in core activities movement. Luke Smith is saying that a lot of what he's talking about with reinvesting in core activities will begin in year four. And so that's not really going to happen yet. That likely is maybe a reason why EP has kind of sit on the sidelines for a while. I've been here for a while. You create a great atmosphere that makes me feel like family. I'm happy. Uh, you're taking the time to get your house and done right. Fine by me. Thank you. 
Okay, Wednesday, 3.30. Rick, okay. Um, they didn't have any evening times. We, got, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. There's no reason getting upset about it. Spy. Hey, Lono, do you think it would be a good idea if faction armor and weapons were to drop in specific planets such as Dead Orbit would be on Earth? This is probably, out of all the things they've announced, okay, out of all the things they've announced, the faction armor and the legendary, like, world loot pool is the only thing I'm kind of like, what are you guys doing? They're increasing the world legendary pool from three armor sets to 11. That's insane. That's 55 armor pieces. What? And then they're throwing in some of the guns. If you want to get a god roll dire promise, it's going to become the new IS Luna. Like, it's just like, why did they do this? It's the most disappointing thing they've announced. Everything they've announced looks good. I'm excited. We're obviously holding our breath, and there's a question mark about anti cheat. But I was like, what are y'all doing? Like, I, nobody wants to get gear this way. I, and I, there was the idea from Beer Pie, like, oh, we should be able to take our prime drops to the faction vendor, and then that at least limits the pool to the faction loot. I have no idea what their thought process there is. If you're going to take the time to test and do, a, and do a quality pass and do random rolls on weapons to bring them back in, this is not the way to do it. It just it doesn't make any sense. So much bandwidth and time is being wasted, in my opinion, on something that could be put into a vendor's loot pool, a bounty, or as you're saying, you could throw it into specific activities or something. I don't know. It doesn't... I, I don't think the armor actually makes a difference. I think RNG is based on slot, not item. I don't know. I mean, Flame, when you pop a, a prime, it's pulling from that entire loot pool, and they've increased that loot pool now a, a massive amount. It's the only thing they've done that, that, that that's confusing. I think a massive loot pool is great. It's certainly... Here's the issue. All right, here's the issue. I'm not going to say that Bungie is spoiling us, but Bungie is exposing us to the idea... That if we want something, we can chase it. Whether if you go all the way back to Ada's frames, then you go to Menagerie, then you go to Vex Offensive's Generosity, then you come to this season with the frames and the sundial. They're basically saying you're going to get a lot of intentionality. And then the the loot pool for that stuff's going to be absurd. You know what I mean? You need to roll the slot, then get the right weapon. But the RNG for Dire Promise is going to be competing with other kinetics. I don't understand what you're talking about. When a prime engram drops, I don't have control over what it goes to. It, you're acting like it's either armor or a gun. It's not the it's not the number of pieces of armor in there. Well, I guess it's not fair because I'm saying 55. It's not 55 armor pieces because when you're on your warlock, it's only warlock armor pieces. So that one shrinks. When a prime drops, you have a one in eight shot of the kinetic weapon. Okay, I understand what you're saying, Flame. Maybe I've been exaggerating and overstating it a little bit because that is true. It's you. You're not. You're not going to have. Uh, you're not going to have a situation like that where you're where you're like, oh my gosh, I, I like it's one in a 55 chance. That is true. I forgot that the, the armor doesn't apply. I've been overstating a little bit. I still think, I still stand by my position though. I still think that loot is better suited put somewhere with, uh, with intentionality. Um, uh, it was sent, it was, I sent over the lead base as well. Since you both sent as well. Seller mentioned if you want to purchase. Mm. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, mm-mm. Uh, check your email and sign 
what's there. Okay, this must be a new one. Yeah, this is a new one. Sorry, sorry, chat. This is so. It's just you got to do it when it when it pops up, right? You can't like wait. You can't like sit around and not do the things that they need you to do. Um, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a feast or famine situation. Uh, okay, complete signing. Everything's electronic now, so this is freaking amazing that I can do all this. Like click, 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 click. Okay. Uh, I am so sorry about the disruption. Nothing I can do about it. Um, so yeah, just to put a pin in this one and kind of move on. It's one of those things where they're, I don't agree with the way they're treating the loot. I would like the loot to be more intentional, but maybe I have overstated how difficult it will be to get a dire promise. It's still a one in eight chance and I don't know about you, but loot propensity in this game freaking kills me. Loot propensity is so frustrating when you want a certain thing and you keep getting the same slot. Boots, 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 boots. You're like, come on. Like, I I would be a little less frustrated. I would be a little less frustrated if, if they were giving us the ability to pick armor, armor or gun, right? If you, if you pick armor or gun, boom, you're done. It's like, then you at least can limit it. I think that would at least be a step in the right direction. They did that in D1 when you went to the vendors. Every time you rolled over a vendor, you could pick uh, gun or you could pick gun or whatever. It was always a, it was always a choice. Uh, that'd be, that would be a start. That'd be a start. So you could at least narrow your options to getting that, that dire promise. Uh, Pyronix. Do you think Grandmaster Nightfalls will offer unique loot similar to Adept Weapons and Trials? My theory on it is they're going to call the loot, they're going to actually call it Grandmaster Loot. So that whenever a new a new season rolls around, you would say, oh, look at this. I've got new Adept Weapons and Trials to chase. I've got new... Uh, I've got new Grandmaster looted Nightfalls to chase. It'll have like its own classification. And then every season, they don't really have to do anything to Grandmaster Nightfalls, but the Grandmaster loot would get sort of a replenish. Now, I don't know what they would do about loot retiring. They seem to want to move away from that. So I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know the, the, the best, the best way to approach it. Because if they do strike specific loot, I think that's too narrow. If they do Grandmaster loot, that means they have to replenish it or refresh it probably every season, and then people might get miffed about that. Um, So, it's just one of those things. Uh, T-Funk, you may answer this. What are your worries about content disregarding cheating? I think my biggest concern, I've outlined it numerous times, is what we're looking at right here, this page with the teal and the gray box. The idea that the free and the paid stuff is a little is is structured in a strange way that's my only major concern i'm not super concerned about anything else obviously we've said the cheating thing numerous times but and then ddosing is is kind of a an issue as well so you uh sure hey lono do you think the grandmaster nightfalls will have a bunch of negative modifiers or beefier enemies at this point i'm not sure how many more negative modifiers they can stack on us we had a big debate about this the other day in my q and you, you know i kind of lit up ghostface he took it in stride it was really good cuz he said just get good and i kind of walked through all the negative modifiers talking about how there's actually not much you can do to mitigate 
almost all of the negative modifiers in Destiny right now. Whether you run a Nightfall, uh, whether you run uh, a Master Nightmare Hunt, there's almost nothing you can do to mitigate those, those. Other than most of your response to the pain right now in Destiny 2, most of your response is to hide and sit back outside of aggro reach. I happen to think they could remove a couple automatically. Like if you remove locked loadouts and extinguish, just get rid of those. I think that helps initially kind of like, okay, this is this is still frustrating and tough, but at least we're removing those, right? And then second, um, second, what they need to do is I think cut the negative in half and give us positive, right? They take away our burn. There's no, there's no, um, there's no like, small arms there's no specialist anymore and so i i happen to feel that it's just too lopsided i don't think there's anything wrong with using modifiers to make you change your loadout and you feel powerful in accordance to that that's not making the content easy if let's just say on a given week it's specialist and void burn okay that that's gonna make you pick a particular loadout and play in a particular way that's cool Instead of like, oh wait, there's eight negative modifiers, it's this strike, okay, I'll run Void, you run Arc, you run Solar, because a match game, and then you sort of just sit back and play it slow. I don't think it translates into engaging content. I think it's boring and mind-numbing, and they've just swung too hard on it. I, I don't know. I know there's people who disagree with me on this, they're like, well, it has to be hard, it has to be hard. I think that there are... I think that there are different versions of hard or difficult, and I just don't think a bunch of negative modifiers is the way. I just don't think it's the way. Table GFG. Do you think that Bungie will implement barrier or unstoppable rounds for additional exotics or even allow a mod slot on them in the coming season? They haven't said anything on this subject so far, but do you think they will eventually become a thing in the future? More than likely, if they do something like this, it wouldn't land until like September. I don't I don't think it would I don't think it would land in, until something in like September because they're not doing a big pass on weapons or update on weapons I don't think until then everything Luke Smith's outlining for sunsetting if they start to really pile on the perks maybe all the new weapons starting in September have an extra slot maybe they have extra perks they have all these things to make them slightly better and slightly stronger that would be kind of the beginning of the new era of weaponry that's when maybe they might consider doing that like adding a slot on on, on exotics for anti-barrier and uh, overload and everything else um so I, I would think I would think that that would be when they would do it. I wouldn't hold your breath on them opening up anti-barrier overload and unstoppable now or even in the summer. I think that would probably likely land in the in, in the in the September expansion. Globes. Do we know anything about the functionality and loot system of trials or do we just know it's PvP? These are the only things we know. 960 is required to play. You get loot for consecutive wins likely that's going to be a drop at three wins in a row a drop at five wins in a row and then you get loot oh and those are pinnacle we know those are pinnacle so we know the consecutive win drops are pinnacle so those will probably only drop once per week so you take your your warlock and get a win at three and five then take your titan etc uh, and then there's loot in the lighthouse for a flawless run they said you know you gotta you know win seven in a row that's all we know Serial Kira. As a relatively new player, what are some good things to do today to prepare for tomorrow? 
I mean, the only thing you can really do now is stack some bounties if you want to jumpstart. Other than that, there's not a whole lot you can do. King Combs. In the previous talk, you mentioned you would like to see us use the artifact in-game. Was the thing like the beacon to the lighthouse with the lantern not enough? Or do you mean use it as a weapon? I was talking about literally getting to the end of the season and unsheathing that artifact and getting to use it as a weapon. Um... I mean, it's just a, it's just a really, really cool looking item. I mean, obviously the war mine thing is nice too. The little war mine insignia on it is pretty dope. Uh, so I would like to see us use it. It doesn't, it doesn't help that at the very tippity top, you know, she's holding it, you know, Anna's holding it. it, it I'm not going to die on this hill. I just kind of said it in passing. It'd be kind of cool to end the season and be like, now that we're done with this thing, you can, you can pull that sucker out and use it. I've always thought, since Destiny 1, I've thought this, that you know how the fallen uh, vandals and the captains have, like, dual blades, like, two swords? I always thought it'd be kind of fun to have a dual blade exotic where, like, you can do, like, different flourishes and stuff with it, and it could have some type of a, a, a specific guard type where you hold both up and then throw back the energy at him or something. I don't know. I, there could be something cool with, with a dual, with a dual sword, uh, sword wield. Uh, RP, how do you feel about exotic weapons? Is there anything Bungie can do so they get more use? Well, exotics, I think, will get into a better place in the future. If they can start to figure out what they want to do with sunsetting and they get legendaries into a good place, then buckle up because they're going to come for your exotics next. Exotics getting sunset would honestly be one of the best things for them. And I know there's people that are very passionate about this, right? I've got people on the Bungie forums right now saying all kind of nasty things about me because I agree with sunsetting, right? And that they'll say all kind of things that just aren't true, like I cuss people out and ban them because I disagree with them. It's like, okay. But in general, people are really passionate about sunsetting, like to the point that they go on personal attacks and, and character assassination on the Bungie forums because they don't agree with us, right? They will almost assuredly sunset your exotics. You're saying in chat, no way, they will. Because Luke Smith even says, at this time we have no plans to to sunset exotics. And then he says, we're planning on sunsetting legendaries first. The way the way that he spray the way that he says it, it's it's clear they would come for your exotics. And before you get all upset about it, hear me out, okay? Hear me out. The Touch of Malice would have never needed nerfed if they sunset it. It only needed nerfed because it was going to be able to be infused all the way up to the power level of Wrath of the Machine. So the Touch of Malice would have never needed nerfed. Izanagi's. Izanagi's burden would likely have could have gone untouched. They could have said, you know what? It's fine. They've been destroying Garden of Salvation with it for a while, but all this new stuff we're doing with Grandmaster Nightfalls, if you sunset Izanagi's, it's not a threat to the new Nightfalls. We don't have to nerf Iz- Izanagi's. Okay. So they already, in, to some degree, to some degree, they already have a history of sunsetting your exotics because they get too strong. They're going to hurt new content. They let you use them for like a whole year and then they nerf it and then everybody shifts away from it. We all shifted away from Touch of Malice. Everybody's going to shift away from Izanagi's, right? So I, I, I don't think people realize that like they're already kind of doing it. In the, in this situation, they'd be like, "Well, no, it's 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 fine that that weapon is that strong. It's going to get sunset. It's no longer a threat to the new raid, Grandmaster Nightfalls, or fill in the blank." 
I know it feels weird to think about the game in this way. You're like, what? That's absurd, Lono. They can't do that to our exotics. Are you crazy? What are you? No. Like, this is totally normal for games like this, especially games that want to go the distance and go more than two or three years. Bungie is trying to build a scalable system for the foreseeable future as well as probably for the next game, and sunsetting is a standard feature in games like this. We have just not really realized it because we've been kind of getting away with something that almost no other game would sign up for, which is infinite weapon use. Almost any other loot pursuit game that has updates and live service tendencies and goes for years at a time would never ever let you use weapons for forever because you can see the problems that it's caused in Destiny. Destiny 1 and 2, it's caused all kind of problems. I've given my speech time and time again about ever since the King's Fall raid, Bungie has had to give us raid weapons that were pretty boring. And the reason is because there's no sunsetting. People always want to point to like Taken King. They're like, well, Bungie basically sunset everything. And what? It did, apparently it didn't work. So why would it work now? Bungie did not sunset. Bungie really cre- created a whole new ethos for the game. And when they did that, they actually perpetuated another problem. The idea that, well, all the loot you put in Kingsfall is going to be infusible for forever. We're not going to cap infusion, which means any gun they get in Kingsfall, they're going to be able to use in Wrath of the Machine, which which means we have to make all these weapons very basic and very safe. And that's why Touch of Malice got nerfed. Touch of Malice was an exotic. It was built for Kingsfall. It was strong in Kingsfall, but it was going to ruin Wrath of the Machine. So... I, I, I can only make the argument so many times before people have to either come up with a counter to the argument or just do what the guys on the forums are doing and call me names because it's just like th- this is this is the only way a game like this can scale and grow over the years there is no there's no mathematical like untapped reservoir of, of freedom that they have they just haven't tapped into they can just keep making weapons for forever this is the only way they can make this game scale for the long haul I've missed some subs. The Irish with two months, nine months from last year, Romance, and Cover 2 with 33. Parasito. You mentioned that you think the story won't be a big focus, but do you think there could be a lot of lore? Saint 14 had a lot of story and a decent bit of lore. Rasputin fascinates me, and I've been digging his lore. I don't want to get my hopes up, Paris. That's why I'm trying to be reserved about it. I don't... I don't want to get my hopes up, because I think Rasputin's super interested. Super interesting. I want to know way more about him. Like... Where did he come from? Where is he? Like, how far is his network of influence and reach? What's his plans? Why does he refer to himself as a guardian of the universe? Like, or the galaxy or whatever he says. Like, he refers to himself as a guardian. Like, what does that mean? I'm, I'm actually very interested. I just don't want to get my hopes up, is all. El Mucho with a five-month resub. Thank you. Uh, McDonald. What is by far the best Titan subclass for endgame raids? Uh, Titan Bubble. No question. There's probably not going to be any competition for endgame Titan loadouts for the, for the foreseeable future. Um, Titan Bubble is just the way to go. It's great. It's safe. It gives you damage buffs. It's it's kind of it's kind of the go-to Titan endgame build. Unfortunately, I, I would say unfortunately, but like we're all glad to have Titan Bubble back. But it is kind of unfortunate that we're kind of back in the same like. Well, if you're going to run a Titan in the endgame, you have to run uh, you have to run Bubble. Uh, Jeisner, do you think Revoker's perk should give bullets back on a headshot? I don't really have a strong opinion on this. Um, 
we've got Potter says, would you like to be able to customize your guardian's voice in cutscenes? That doesn't, that's not a huge importance to me. No, uh, darkest David just wondered what your thought was on this with destiny leaning more into RPG builds. Do you think that they will change the bounty options? I find it counterproductive and not fun to need to change my current weapon and subclass just to complete a bounty, which happens to be the most efficient way to gain XP. Well, I'm going to give you two answers here. I'm going to answer the end of your, your question first. Luke Smith indicated that bounty XP payout is is not in line with the rest of the game's bounty, uh, uh, sorry, XP payout. I made a video about this as well. I'm, this isn't something unique to me. Plenty of people were saying XP payout is super lopsided. There needs to be reasonable XP payout in other pieces of the game, not just bounties, 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 bounties. So, given that reality, that's an incoming change. And because of that, I don't think that's an issue, right? If you're wanting to go to a bounty for extra XP and extra drops, it requiring you to change your loadout and do stuff... I'm kind of just like, what else do you think it should do then? It's, should they all be mega generic? Just go get kills. Precision kills. Grenade kills. Melee kills. I, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I don't know if I have a significant design philosophy problem or disagreement with them saying, here's a bounty. Go and do XYZ with XYZ. I don't, I don't know if I have a problem with that from a design standpoint. That seems kind of normal for bounty design. And if they bring some balance to XP distribution, you might not feel this pressure to be like, well, the only way and the best way to level up is just to do bounties all day in a lost sector. I would think that once they start to tweak this and you could grind a playlist all day or crucible all day or something, I don't know. You should have to go out of your way or it's just free XP. Right, like if it's just like, go do all the stuff you're doing anyway, and whenever the little ding goes off, you can get extra XP, that doesn't feel like a bounty to me. That feels like an XP boost that you're just making sure that you buy. (laughs) So, he's on C. With sunsetting and artifacts, do you think that they will cap how strong things are, or could you see something like final round return? I mean, I don't know if the artifacts really related to this. Sunsetting is related to the idea that they want to build stuff that's stronger and best in class and then sunset it a year later so that it doesn't need to be content, you know, tested and worried about an endgame. So I would think, you know, the idea here would be like final round is probably not going to return though, okay? When I think of stronger legendaries, I'm not thinking of weapons that are going to go into the crucible and make you want to pull your hair out like Final Round did, or Luck in the Chamber. Um, so the the nature the nature of perks getting more getting more powerful doesn't doesn't necessitate this. Oh, it's going to go in and just break Crucible. That doesn't necessitate it. I mean, you could do all kind of things with with damage over time perks, burn perks, you know, elemental style perks that wouldn't even proc in the crucible. You know, it wouldn't even do what it's supposed to do in crucible. So I don't anticipate them deciding to bring back really troublesome perks like final round just because, oh, but we're sunsetting it. Here's something people need to realize. Sunsetting only applies to Trials, Iron Banner, and PvE endgame. So Trials, Iron Banner, and Grandmaster Nightfall. That's it. And then any raid or dungeon they bring. But those are the three headings. Trials and Iron Banner, somewhat interchangeable, power-enabled PvP, right? Trials, Iron Banner, and Grandmaster Nightfalls. That's it. Those are the only places that sunsetting will affect your weapon. So, you gotta consider that. 
Bungie can't be like, oh, but we're sunsetting weapons. They can't just bring ridiculously broken imbalanced perks to legendaries that ruin Crucible because the rest of Crucible, <laughs> the rest of Crucible has to live with that weapon. Oh, but we, but it's getting sunset. Yeah, in Iron Banner and Trials. What about, I don't know, 80% of Crucible? So, yeah, I said raids. In general, though, those are the three main headings that you're going to find things being sunset in because those are the more those are the more common uh, activities: Grandmaster Nightfalls, Iron Banner Trials, and then whenever a raid or a dungeon shows up. But outside of that, those are your three main headings. And so Bungie can't just break Crucible and, be like, and shrug your shrug their shoulders. If if a weapon becomes problematic, if let's say that auto rifle that we're going to get this season is just absurd and it's breaking the Crucible, it feels like Call of Duty. Bungie's not going to shrug at us and be like, well, Luke Smith said stuff's going to get sunset, so, you know, I guess enjoy it. No, they'll still do buffs and nerfs. They'll still tweak stuff that gets absurd. I don't think they're going to they're gonna take a lackadaisical attitude to balance, as if sunsetting is going to be a cleansing presence all the time. Parasito. The Seraph Towers are related to Javelin missiles. Uh, one I've seen on a launch rail in the trailer one would be like what would you imagine we're shooting at launch I have no idea Paris I really don't a robot comes out and like shoots one out of his back and then I also saw people throwing balls so I don't know I can see that robot coming out shooting that thing out of its back to initiate the event like a like a like a like a flare going off and it activates this tower and then we're juicing the tower with power this is getting silly sounding the tower with power it's time for the hour of power for the tower anyway the, that's you're going to be killing something in the area and, and, and throwing it at this thing and maybe that opens a bunker and then we go down to the bunker and then we do something with the bunker I, I don't I don't know so I I want to move on because I said juicing the tower with power and I don't want to I don't want to repeat it even though I just did Jarvanus do you think that by providing a limited view on the seasonal content via the roadmap that this could be Bungie's ability to market the new season oh impact their ability to market the new season here's the thing they are finding their way they're trying different things and I respect it I really do for season of the for season of dawn they did a bizarre stream and it wasn't even an hour long and we got almost no information and we were all kind of confused and they're like we want you guys to discover it and then this season they're like nope there's no trailer we took your feedback on the schedule and the calendar we're, it's 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 not as specific we 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 heard you guys on spoiling things like bastion okay so i i kind of respect it it's like they're not saying in a stubborn way nope this is how we're doing it this is how we're marketing it and this is how it's going to go they're more they're more willing to kind of adapt and, and move and, and adjust to I think just have a better relationship with the community. I I think people sometimes misunderstand that the seasonal content for ten dollars is not meant to be this big banner in the sky for new players to come in. The seasonal content is for you know, 90% of it's probably engaged with and bought by existing fans of the franchise. And because of that, the marketing can be a little bit more of a, an experiment. It's a social experiment. Obviously, of the, their annual expansions, they're going to pull out the stops, do the trailers, talk about it at conferences, etc. But the, the $10 seasonal pass stuff, I really don't think Bungie feels this giant pressure to go on some marketing campaign. We got, oh, we got to get all these new players in. 
I mean, even what we're doing, do you honestly think the impact of Rasputin talking to Osiris and Zavala and Anna showing up and, you know, us doing something to protect the tower from the Almighty, that's not going to have a whole lot of pull and power anyway to a new player. They don't know what any of that stuff is. They're like, I don't know what that is. Okay. Um, So... I think they've got more room to to experiment here. And if their goal, which is what it seems to me is, if their goal is to just have more transparency and to set better expectations with the community, that's a really admirable goal. Because you could just stick to your guns, hype it up like crazy, people spend the $10 and then feel like it was an over-promise, under-delivered situation, and then everybody's mad. Everybody wants to get act like... There are people that truly seem to be in sort of this this false way of thinking where it's always us versus them oh it's us versus Bungie come on Bungie what the frick what are you doing what is this what is that Bungie Bungie but it's like and no everybody forgets that like they're they're making a game that we play every day so the best course of action would be to try to have like a good back and forth and not think of it as like an us versus them everybody enters Everybody enters the discussion about nerfs and buffs and changes, even sunsetting, with this us versus them mentality. Like it's your game and they're just walking in and trying to ruin it. Like they're your the unwanted uncle or dad walking in the room and trying to like spruce things up when you're having a birthday party. I just don't think that that's the case. I think that they're they're consistently showing that they care about the game and want it to flourish and part of that is accepting feedback and criticism. I mean, listen, I know everybody hates this Titan armor. I know. I get it. Everybody hates the Titan armor, the Eververse Titan armor that uh, was in the TWAB. I get it, and it, people think it's ugly, but I'm, I, I've grown to love it because it's going to be a memory. It's going to be a memory and something we can always kind of look back and laugh about. And I kind of admire their ability to lean into the meme right they've completely leaned into the meme they you know they've had the emote they're you know they're 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 embracing the fact that we're kind of making fun of the set and i don't know i kind of like that the armor is still just total like totally ugly and awful and it looks like he's wearing a tarp or i don't a sleeping bag around his waist but I think we'll always look back and kind of be able to laugh to be like, do you remember that freaking armor set where <laughs> like even Bungie embraced the fact that we were like making fun of it? Um, and and the artist released a picture showing it with different shaders. And that jacket does start to look pretty cool. I, I got to admit, you throw that jacket on the, on the male model of the Titan so it's a little bit beefier and not so trimmed down. The jacket actually looks pretty cool. And, and the, you know, the mark is whatever. I think Titan marks are problematic in general because it always looks like you just have a towel in your belt. It's like, what is that? Uh, but I don't know. I feel that I just feel like we're in a different place now with Bungie where there's more of a joking back and forth. There's more of like they think they embrace that we make fun of the game and kind of meme the game. And I liked when they they leaned into the meme as well. I think people were being very dramatic about it. It's okay to be like, what the frick, that's ugly, I don't like it. There were people like being really dramatic and like calling Bungie out on Twitter about it. So I was like, if you don't like it, don't buy it. It's literally an Eververse set. Like it's the perfect situation for you to speak with your wallet for crying out loud. Mick Cheshire. Hi, Lono. I'm curious, what are your hopes for the seasonal grind will be like this season? Do you see any deviation from weapon frames happening this season based off the previous feedback? I don't know if they're going to be able to act on our 
hey, this is too much of a good thing reaction to weapon frames. It's got to be kind of frustrating sometimes to be in Bungie situation to be like, well, they asked for this and we gave it to them and now they're saying that there's too much of it. Um, I definitely think that they 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 erred on the side of generosity and intentionality and I would much rather them do that. If you're going to give me the choice between two choices and it's, oh, well, we were really generous and we really gave you intentionality or the other the other side is, well, we were really stingy and we really didn't give you a lot of intentionality. We really wanted to make the loot pursuit last a long time. I'm always going to say, err on the side of the community. Give us the generosity. Give us the intentionality. That's a, that's a much better thing to complain about. Wouldn't you rather complain that bounties and weapon frames are getting a little bit boring as opposed to being like, I couldn't get the gun that I want because Bungie made everything so stingy and so so low drop rate and so awful so so from where i sit i'm okay if we get another season with a lot of frames and a lot of a lot of intentional weapon farming i'm okay with that we're likely to not get any significant changes to weapon pursuit and the frame bounty system that's probably not going to happen until september because by and large they set the tone for these seasons and Luke Smith already said that a lot of the changes they want to implement with moving away from FOMO and moving moving more towards you know investing into core activities they have decided that they want to they want to shift in that way and Luke Smith made it clear that that's going to be happening in year 4 so i thought it was free is is there any info thus far on what weapon types will be getting barrier and champion mods they have not said that I don't think they've ever said that before the season starts Um, flying mangoes do you think that the bunkers or legendary lost sectors have the potential to be like mini dungeons I'm actually hopeful that the lost sectors feel like either mini dungeons mini strikes or something because if as we said already if that's the main differentiating factor between paid and non-paid content they gotta be pretty good and I will say <clears throat> excuse me, I will say I'm feeling pretty good about it because the newest Lost Sectors, the ones on the moon, were actually pretty good. They're pretty good in size, pretty lengthy. There's some mechanics in there. You know, they're not... Those aren't good enough, but that's a good start. If you look at the difference between those and the, the, the rest of the Lost Sectors in the game, I would say the Lost Sectors on the moon are a pretty good start. Enzian. Do you think Bungie will surprise us and just sunset all year one and two guns and shake up the PvP meta with spare rations and my men are being everywhere, especially in trials? They will most certainly not do this. That would be, I think, a very reckless decision to say for Luke Smith to float the idea out there in in sort of an imaginatory way, like we're kind of imagining what this would look like. For him to say that in a director's cut and then be like, hey, surprise, in Season of the Worthy, we sunset everything, ha ha ha, isn't that funny? Having all your expectations completely had the rug yanked out? No, they are going to make it crystal freaking clear when and how this is happening. I, I cannot, I cannot see them doing that. Remorse. What's up, Lono? I think about this often. Do you think Bungie is still trying to figure out what they want Destiny to be as a game? All the iterations on storytelling, horde modes, community events, uh, sure, they won't be... Surely, they don't want to still be experimenting with these things come D3. No, I think that the mentality is so different now. It's so different. I don't feel like the pendulum is swinging. I feel like they're fine-tuning the game. 
Every time I read something from Luke Smith, I get I get like a good feeling. It doesn't feel like this aimless patchwork pendulum swinging reactionary band-aid using. It doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like they're fine-tuning the systems of the game, the the logistics of how we experience the game. As opposed to, oh you guys didn't like that. Okay, well here we fixed it. Oh you didn't like that. Okay, here's ketchup bounties, right? They're not doing that anymore. They're not doing surge bounties. They're not doing reactionary pendulum swing bungee. It feels very proactive. I said it the other day. It feels like a 100-yard strategy as opposed to the next 5 feet. It always felt like the next 5 feet. 30 and so gaming always talked about this on the podcast. It's always this with bungee. It's like, okay, here's this. It's just here. This is it. This is the content. And then here's this. And then here's this. And then here's this. It's always like, I'm like episodic. The game feels more seamless and connected now than ever before. I think young raccoon with two months of subs. I'm pretty sure. Um, I already thanked you for that. You and this community restore my faith in humanity. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you. That's it's very kind of you to say that. We're just a bunch of gamers hanging out. Mr. Irrelevant with two months. Love the stream. Been watching forever. Love the constructive feedback you give about the game instead of just crapping all over it. Thank you so much for two months of subs. And a brand new one from C. Dizzle. Thank you for keeping your primes. Are using your primes up here. Enjoy the dope badge, the emotes, and the ad-free viewing. You are dope, and you deserve dope stuff. Papa Crabman's like, I'll ruin your faith in humanity. There you go. Skulls How with a brand new Prime sub. Enjoy the dope badge emotes and the ad-free viewing. Uh, if you guys are sick of seeing ads on Twitch, that's a way to get it back, especially if you have a Prime sub, you can use it here. Um, Reach7833 says, Have you talked about integrating an anti-cheat? We don't know. We're supposed to get information this week. When does the season start? Tomorrow it resets. Sloth. Bungie said that they couldn't turn off the artifact's power for week one because they already submitted the update. Wouldn't that mean they definitely aren't or can't implement anti-cheat this week? That's not necessarily true. It could be... Anti-cheat could be baked into the update tomorrow. They haven't talked about it yet, homie. I personally think... I personally think they did not want to talk about anti-cheat the Thursday before the new season because there's just sort of an unfun vibe there it's like well hey guys we gotta kinda have to do this housekeeping um yeah you see all those trash cans over there in the corner yeah they kinda stink they kinda smell bad we're trying to get rid of them okay don't look at that I know we're working on this new expansion this new thing this new experience this new room it's gonna be great just we got these trash cans that we're trying to get rid of right because cheaters are trash. They're trash human beings. Like, get them out of the game. I, but at the same time, they don't want to do that right before a season starts. Yeah, we got to talk about our trash. So, the Thursday night before trials is a better time to be like, hey, the new season kicked off. Everybody's having a great time. With trials literally tomorrow, we're wanting to explain what our what course of actions we've been taking with anti-cheat. Um, John says, I guarantee anti-cheat will be live prior to telling the player base. It's possible that it's going to go live Tuesday, they'll say nothing about it, and all these douche wagons will get banned before Friday, so Friday's just this pure player base of, yeah, good luck getting the 960 before Friday, you're going to have to no-life it. There'll be so many, so few people that can do that, hopefully. Um, so, Gab. Do you think the bunkers are going to be like the obelisk instead of the activity? They're free to play, that's my thought. That's kind of the speculation I made in the video project theory with the new season coming is today the last day to collect charge with light mods from the obelisks i i would think so but 
for somebody that skips this season, I don't know what they're going to do if you later on want to buy it or earn those or if you bought the season and didn't get them all. I'm not really sure how they're going to handle that. They have not actually said. They could do a huge bandwave on Thursday when they drop the TWAB. That would be such a freaking flex. That'd be like the flex of all flexes. To Thursday night say, just so you guys know, we just banned 100,000 people and they're not going to have time to get ready for trials tomorrow. Have fun. And that's all they say. <laughs> that would be... I mean, I I don't know. That would be like a cause for <laughs> like a celebration. That would be hilarious for them to wait and just drop the guillotine on Thursday and be like, you literally don't have time. You don't. You're not going to be able to play. You might be able to pick it up on Sunday maybe if you play all day long. You know what I mean? 100k cheaters. Well, I'm just throwing out a number, homie. I don't know how many there are. Golden. Do you think Bungie should make the changes to pay le- uh, level rewards on the battle pass? Increasing legendary shard glimmer and bright dust gains or even considering giving back silver I don't have a lot of opinions on this golden so I'm not going to get lost in your suggestions here sorry I just I don't want to go down this lane I think the season pass works just fine uh sap Gween. can you explain what sunsetting is a bit more I don't quite understand it okay imagine this September they launch a raid and you get a gun from that raid it can be infused up to a certain level Let's say all the way into the summer, you're infusing it. So you get it in September of 2020, and then summer of 2021, you're infusing it. The September of 2021, one year later, they would bump the power level by, I don't know, 50 to 100. And then that gun would no longer be able to... It would no longer be able to... uh, What the frick is this? You would no longer be able to, uh, to infuse it up. Um... We'll talk soon. Why are you? Why is AT and T messaging me? I'm not. All right. Anyway, that's what sunsetting is. It can no longer be infused. You can continue using the weapon, but you can't take it into the end game. Ashen Hollow. Last day of the season. Any must-have sundial weapon rolls you feel people should be going for? Rabbit hit, firing line, line in the sand, uh, auto loading, uh, demolitionist, uh, martyr's retribution, and then any rolls that you really want on the scout or the auto rifle because they're fun and good weapons auto rifle might be pretty saucy next season uh, we've got some subs I need to thank uh, Arthros uh, Arthros the game with 12 months of subs that is an entire year that's a red badge Black Strike with 2 months long time lurker keep up the content thank you 5 months from Mr. Psych stream continues to be a great part of my day thank you for the part thank you for being part of the Rageless thank you um Parasito the year one Warmind icon has horizontal wings. This season, they're vertical hanging ones. Do you think this is a, cons- uh, a conscious design choice that ties to the story? Maybe hinting at Rasputin being above us. Or, or, hang with me, Paris. It literally could just be so you can tell the difference between the two symbols. <laughs> it literally could just be that, bro. Um, it... <laughs> I would say maybe it's meant to look like the Seraph Towers. It kind of looks like it kind of looks like if you here, let me cuz you can see it right there, right? Right next to require season pass. It kind of looks like a little tower to me. Uh, and if I go up here and I look at the picture, you see these pictures right there underneath the word Seraph, you can see like a diamond and then like the tower beneath it. Um it could be more to look like the towers than anything, Paris, since they're sort of a centerpiece of a lot of the design and a lot of the stuff going on. It, it, you know, it. 
or it could be literally as simple as how are we going to make this icon look any different um just yeah yeah loop those down oh it's perfect all right ship it you know i don't know i think it might be just to rep- represent like a warmind obelisk or a tower uh, <laughs> oh it's it's because he's above us it is paris you submit so many questions and that's when you're going to submit Come on, homie. Dragon Slayer. Given that the exotic quest is not on a calendar, how late in the season do you think it'll see it? Uh, midway. They don't like to do stuff super late th- like that. The final month is usually a down t- uh, a down cruise. So it'll be it'll be in the second month, I would think. Donnie 8. What's your current opinion on the state of raiding or raids? Garden of Salvation is pretty outdated, and it seems nothing new is coming in. Kind of feels bad since Destiny's biggest trade is raids, in my opinion. I've never really understood this perspective because raids that have never been a year apart. So if you go, if you just look at the raids that are one year apart, you got Vogue, King's Fall, Wrath, Leviathan, Last Swish, Last Swish. Am I saying Swish or Wish? What the frick? Uh, and then Guard of Salvation. They're all one year apart. It's a basketball. It's a basketball raid, guys. The Last Swish. What the heck is happening to me? Those are all a year apart and they're pretty substantive. If you go to the ones that aren't a year apart, it's kind of a mixed bag. There's not a lot of consistency. Crota was kind of eh, people didn't like it, but then it aged like a fine wine. We ended up loving Crota. And then Eater of Worlds is like a jumping puzzle and basically one room with a cool mechanic, but that's pretty much it. Spire of Stars was okay. I think Spire of Stars was okay. It was pretty good. And then you had Scourge and Crown. I I don't think there's enough consistency there to claim that like raids are the biggest trade in Destiny. They get like a a 10% daily engaged player base. They are largely only engaged with by about 10% of the community and they've been kind of all over the place. So for you to come to this conclusion, you've almost got to only come to this conclusion after like the, I guess before Shadowkeep because prior to Shadowkeep, there was a pretty good rhythm of raids, but to maintain this position, you also have to kind of ignore reality. They don't have Vicarious Visions anymore. They don't have High Moon Studios. They have less bandwidth. Vicarious Visions literally built Spire of Stars and Crown of Sorrow. They built two raids. Um, <clears throat> they also built Menagerie and you know the whole opulent season. So it's difficult, I think, to look at all that and be like, yeah, but they should be doing a raid every other season or something like that. Like, I, I, if, I think if they granted your wish, you'd be pretty dissatisfied. You know, it going going somewhere and saying, "Oh, can you come and, and and remodel this room for me?" And they're like, "Yeah, it'll take a month." And you're like, "How about a week?" And they're like, "Okay, we're going to cut a bunch of corners, and it's going to be shoddy work. Probably, we're not going to be able to work. It's not going to be excellent. There's going to be mistakes made. We're not going to be able to order the special parts that you want. We're going to have to use cheaper cheaper parts, cheaper countertops, cheaper this, cheaper that. Blah blah blah. In in any in any sort of environment where you're crafting and building something, the time and the care that goes into it is usually has a, a direct connection to the value and the quality whenever it's all said and done. So, uh, off topic, what's your take on the departure of Soar Gaming's Destiny roster so close to Trials of Osiris? I have no freaking clue what's going on. I don't know what is happening. Um, 
for those of you who don't know, Soar Gaming is an organization, and anybody that had signed with Soar has left. I don't think there's a single Destiny player left. They all departed. Soar has made no official statement. If they have made an official statement, somebody in chat's going to tell me about it because people have been checking it all uh, all day. So I don't know if everybody got poached by another organization. I don't know if all of them got together and said, we should start our own organization because there's so many of us. Um, Soar dropped Destiny from their website. Right, but it's also people saying like, also people are saying they left. They didn't They didn't drop them. People were saying, no, 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 we left. We weren't dropped. With the home buying process going, watch alone to switch from food analogies to house analogies, book it. I tried to go away from the food analogy because I wanted to be clear that we're building something. When they build a raid, it's like building, you know, and I'm, you know, and I'm house shopping. <laughs> so yeah, home renovation metaphors. I'm embracing my full dad nature. I'm evolving into my final form. M. Feinbaum. Do you think we could see a new raid during Season of the Worthy? No, I don't think you're getting a raid anytime soon. I think we're getting raids on an annual basis. Dragon Slayer. The old armor sets they added to the world pool might include old Trials gear. They said that those armor sets were the ones that were impossible or difficult to get. Um... I honestly don't know. Um... I, that would be weird. I don't think so. They only mentioned they only mentioned the the faction stuff. I don't think they're going to do trials of the nine stuff in the world pool. That'd be odd. Twenty four months from C squared. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Maybe they could say, oh, they can drop it random in the reckoning or something. I don't know. Um, thank you for doing business. We'll text you. Oh, 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 oh. This is because I called AT and T. It's a survey text. I'm like, what the frick? They showed a picture in the twab. Alright, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is is the Trials of the Nine in this picture? Is it somewhere in there? It looks... That all looks like... Oh, Vex Offensive's over his shoulder right here. The Vex Offensive set's right over the Hunter's shoulder. I don't think there's any Trials armor in this picture. I'm not seeing it. I'm also seeing Tangled Shore helmet back there. Right? I This is faction armor... And Tangled Shore armor, the year one armor that you could get from Ikora's memories, and then I see Vex Offensive armor in there. So, yeah. I also see one of my favorite Warlock cloaks, that one right there. I think that's that one, the Crucible. It's like from year one. I loved it. It looked like a, it was like robes. It was really, really nice. Um, Phoenix Stargarian. Since they are doing this armor refresh on legendary engrams, do you think that they should throw the old trials of the night? Same question as last. It's I don't think they're doing it. I don't think that's a right call either. I think that that stuff should be maybe maybe used later as ornaments on trials armor. American rocks. Do you think exotic legendaries like Rose or the Braytech will also be affected by the shelving? If you're talking about sunsetting. Everything will be have an infusion limit at some point. Yes, I don't think they're going to give you weapons that can like get around it. Uh, Tessakara says, "You believe artifact power must be active or not in trials? If it's active in trials, they have to cap it. Like they said, they're they're not saying they're going to cap the artifact. They said they were going to cap the artifact in those playlists or something, or cap your power in those playlists. So they don't need to cap the artifact. It, it can be active in there." 
The problem is it's unlimited power. That's the issue. He's on C. Which versions of exotic philosophy do you prefer? Really strong or really unique? I don't lean towards either way. I think either one can be good. Iron Hand. Little off topic in regards to sunsetting. Do you think that they will have up to, they will have to up the drop rate for raid exotics if they plan on sunsetting them a year later? People have 50 plus clears and still no 1,000 voices. Yeah, people are getting above 50 clears for the anarchy. We've talked about this. Sunsetting happening to raid guns and raid exotics, I think, right? I think dictates a change in their mindset about drop rate. However, you don't want people running the raid for a month and being like, I got everything. It needs to be a delicate balance. There could be nightfall protection, drop rate protection. So after a month, the drop rate really starts to get good for you. Okay, this would be one of the advantages of them going to static roll raid weapons. I'm not a huge fan of static roll weapons, but static roll raid weapons might be a good call. That would work with sunsetting because you get it and that's it. And they could play with the drop rate. So you get into the second month of the season. Let's say September lands DLC raid and you get into October. If you've been diligently running the raid, your drop rate should just keep going up. So by the time the second month is over, you should have everything. I mean, I am i don't want to make it seem like I'm going to casualify raids, but you get to that third month and you still don't have things, you still don't have exotics, the raid's relevancy is going down, so it's hard to get people to run it. You're now really, really shortening the life cycle of the weapon because if it has a 12-month sunset life cycle and you just took three months away from that, one to two months is a little more reasonable. It, it, they can't just dump weapons in your lap like, hey, because we sunset stuff now, you only have to run the raid like eight times and you get everything they gotta be careful I think there's a delicate balance I don't think it's as simple as just turning the turning the faucet on but I also don't think they can be super withholding if they do plan on sunsetting exotics and raid weapons well all weapons Iron Hand in regards to bounty grinding do you think the value of XP rewards from bounties should be decreased or should other rewards be increased no they should be decreased Bounties should be be lowered and other activities should be raised. It should be more of a balancing and a tweaking than just a, just leaving it alone. Like, oh no, it's fine. No, it's a little it's a little nuts. Wishful thinking. Do you think exotic weapons should equip artifact mods? I do, especially if they're primaries. I could even see doing this with some of the secondaries, like the the trace rifles and stuff. But we I've already had this question a little bit in, in a different form. If they do this, it'll be in September. To Eden. Do you think that we'll see Bungie sunset armor in the same way they're sunsetting weapons? What happens if they introduce armor mods for the season of worthy mod slot and they're unable to top in future seasons? Seems like they will run into the same problem that guns are facing now. I do feel like when we think about how this is going to work with guns, it might start to expose some flaws in the armor situation. So if... Season of the Worthy introduces some seasonal mods that are just so silly and helpful. And then this and then the summer season mods nobody really cares about. And then the September expansion lands and those seasonal mods also aren't that impressive. You have to be careful if you give us really really good seasonal mods. Charge with Light is kind of like eh, it's gets cool and it's good, but it's not game breaking, it's not game changing. You're not really taking Charge with Light stuff into uh, end game content. So, I, I honestly don't. I don't honestly don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what the call is here because 
if they sunset the armor, I tend to agree with Eugene's throwing a bit of a fit in chat. You know, stop with expiration dates, just stop. If we accept that the philosophy is good for weapons, though, it's hard to say it would be bad for armor. It is. Like, if a year later you're wearing an entire outfit from Season of the Worthy and you're still never running anything else, you're you're never, you know, rolling over. But I tend to agree with what he's saying, and I've said this multiple times. The impetus is on Bungie to every season create intriguing seasonal mods so you shuffle forward and change your armor out. Season of the Worthy armor will be able to use the summer season's uh, slots. So near the end of Season of the Worthy, you're going to be like, dude, we need to grind. We need to get the grind going. We need to get this going. We need to. I need to get my uh, Season of the Worthy armor ready for the summer. And then you would shuffle and change things up because the seasonals mods need to be worth using. Um, they can't do another hive taken or fallen raid without retiring armaments. Day one would be stupid easy. Yeah, that I didn't even think about that. Rangfur. Maybe a dumb question, but what makes some weapons bad, especially exotics? For instance, I've seen negative talk about Graviton Lance and Skyburner's Oath in chat. What makes those worse than other weapons? Not useful perks? Well... In general, when you go into Destiny, your primary weapon is getting the job done unless you're an absolutely horrible player, and then in that case, an exotic's not going to do much for you. So if you're running a basic legendary or even a blue weapon, you, you by and large can handle... The, the, the ads, the trash ads. It's not that difficult. It's, you know, a two tap on most, a one tap if you're close enough and headshotting, depending on power delta. So, to swap out an exotic heavy or an exotic secondary and to use an exotic primary, you would want to see a tangible benefit in efficiency and strength. And I think it's difficult to do that with the primaries. Graviton Lance is pretty fun. You know, Skyburner's Oath in some spots might be worth using. I don't know because of the buff against Cabal. I I just think by and large, when I switch to one of those weapons, I don't suddenly feel like I'm extremely efficient and having this massive change in how, you know, how strong I am. When I run the right exotic secondary or the right exotic heavy, you can definitely tell the difference in what your damage to the bosses, your efficiency, how quickly you're killing majors and how quickly you're killing mini bosses. It's like undeniable, I think, that the influence of an exotic heavy is far more measurable and clear than the influence of an exotic primary. I think that's one of the main issues. You feel like you're sacrificing a lot by taking off a really, really good exotic heavy to put on an exotic primary. Might in PvP? Well, this conversation is obviously not about PvP, because in PvP... I know the last word's getting nerfed, but like the last word's been good. The thorn's ridiculously good. Ace of Spades is really, really good. Mida in the right hands and in the right maps is really, really good. So, there, yeah, in PvP, it's a very, very different, uh, very, very different subject. Obey. Do you think that the new activities in Season of the Worthy are Bungie's active response to the community's fatigue regarding six-man match-made activities? No, because when they were building this, I don't think they had get gotten our feedback yet on Sundial. Our feedback on Sundial will likely influence the next year, September, and maybe a little bit of the summer, but they were, that was it's too close together. Most of what they're, what they're putting out this season was already in production and being worked on when we were like, I'm kind of sick of another six-man match-made activity. Uh, Tom, 
Hey Lono, do you think Bungie would ever put our ships to more use other than looks? For example, fighting between planets. Yeah, I don't think you're ever going to get anything ship focus or ship battle. It just doesn't feel like Destiny. They'd have to probably act, you know, hire developers that are good at creating those environments because the movement feel and 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 style of how the ships fly around and how they move, how they shoot, how they survive, hit detection on the ships, health of the ships, armor, shields, blah, blah, blah. You'd have to build all of that. It's not as simple as like, oh, just put some stuff in my way and I'll shoot it. So I, I don't I don't think they'll ever do this. Personally, I don't, I don't think that they should. It doesn't feel like it fits anyway. It feels like a gimmick that they'd spend a bunch of time on. Like, it wouldn't be excellent ship battles. I feel like they'd be kind of they'd be kind of subpar. And at that point, it's like, well, why'd you even bother? You know, why'd you bother taking bandwidth away from other things? Black Beard Dan. How would you feel if Aldrin came back as a warlock? I I don't get too far down this rabbit hole. Is Aldrin coming back? Is he a hunter? Is he a warlock? Is he the new Vanguard hunter? I, I truly don't know. White Hawk. Do you think that the return of do you think with the return of trials they will finally give us more motivation to play normal crucible modes like better rewards or special loot and ranks etc yeah i don't know um in in one sense in one sense crucible needs at a foundational level like an update i i I made a whole video about this like i I think i said like crucible needs an armor grind and essentially what i argued for in the video was at a foundational level crucible needs a ritualistic day-to-day week-to-week grind whether you do that with the npc you visit the vendor and shacks has rewards and level and bounties and and structure and when you get high enough you know you get cool rewards for that season those rewards end up serving other grinds and helping you and then not only that Whenever, whenever you're going into trials, you'll have that sense of like, oh yeah, I've been kind of working and practicing, as well as feeling like you're leveling him up and getting you know worthy rewards of your time. The only way you're going to get people to consistently grind non-trials PvP content is you kind of give them a reason to. Whether there's a good currency grind there for your armor or a loot grind or a rhythmic grind something that feels ritualistic is just really absent from uh, crucible and i think it stems back to the to the vendor it stems back to the npc khan says do you think that it is an issue that we have have we have weapons of certain archetypes when sunsetting happen for example if weapon retirement happened right now we would not have a 180 hand cannon being able to be infused we don't know that we don't know what's all being returned we don't know what is you know what's being added um also also i i think i addressed this in my it was in one of my q a's i basically talked about the idea that bungie doesn't have the greatest track record of replacing archetypes of weapons and this was when i argued for letting us change the element on a weapon right if you let us change the element on a weapon then there's not this, oh, it's been a year and we haven't gotten a 180 void or arc or whatever hand cannon, blah, blah, blah. I, part of me really, really hopes that sunsetting puts two, two sort of impetuses on Bungie. Number one, replenishing and refreshing certain vendors and loot pools on a regular basis. Number two, making the weapons clearly better so that people feel like they are getting oh i see why they instituted sunsetting we're getting we're getting refreshes and replenishes more often and the guns themselves you know have a have a noticeable increase in their quality value and power um it needs to be clear to people that they, they they have they have to bump things up you know 
Uh, on on slow legendary armor in the open world doesn't matter since the sets do not come with seasonal raid or mod slots. What can Bungie do to make those legendary sets relevant? Because you can just transmog seasonal raid armor. Yeah, I I don't even know about this. I kind of feel like if something's in the world drop, if the faction armor drops in season of the worthy, it should have the worthy slot. If it drops in the summer season, it should have the summer slot. I don't know if they can do that, but that's what that's how I think it should work. Uh, Typhlo Sean is there going to be a reveal stream today I don't think so they didn't announce it that'd be that'd be random that would be super super random to suddenly do a reveal stream they usually like to give a lot of promotion beforehand uh, if they're going to do that so by the way if you're new to the stream and you've never been here before uh, we were doing some grinding this morning of bounties I do this sort of segment where I plan it I pick a topic I talk about it I do Q&A with the audience and obviously there's no gameplay happening right now but it's kind of like a podcast you can interact with it happens on a daily basis Monday through Friday I'm a great stream you can lurk and listen to whether you're at work or at home I'm family friendly as well so you don't have to worry about me being on around coworkers or kiddos if you're enjoying what's happening right now a free way to support what I do is to push the follow button and to turn on notifications we're very excited for the new season the turnout every day has been crazy so many new names in chat so many new folks hanging out as well as old folks returning uh, and then the faithful people that are here all the time it's been it's been crazy to see so much interest before this content's even here so I appreciate the support of the channel very very much uh, Skulls how do you think Bungie will use weapon sunsetting as a means of retiring damage perks like rampage kill clip and allow other perks a chance to shine you would not hear a single utterance of complaint from me if they did this. Right? If if starting in September, they just there's no damage perks. Rampage, Outlaw, I'm sorry, not Outlaw. Rampage, Swash, uh, Kill Clip, all of them. They're just they're not on any of the new guns. Now, they would have to make the new guns really dope and awesome for you to kind of be like, okay, I can overlook that vacancy, I can overlook that change. And then from that point on, they're just no longer in circulation. They're obviously on all your guns and you can infuse them as much as you'd like, but eventually you wouldn't be able to infuse those weapons anymore. I don't know. Lono, tweet Dylan and ask him about a reveal stream. I'm not going to tweet Dylan in the middle of Q&A. Homie, it's noon Eastern time in the middle of the Monday beforehand. If there was going to be a reveal stream, it would have happened. Like, it would have happened. Jester Max with five months of subs, 18 months from 30. Thank you. Vapor X Insanity. Do you think the Trials of the Nine Armor will come 2.0 this season? No idea. Fletcher. So I am new to the seasonal format and I uh, I haven't gotten a clear answer on this yet. What will happen to my current quest when the season ends? If I had started but not finished Randy's, am I doomed? Randy should be unaffected. If you're working on Randy's or any other questline exotic, uh, my exotic quest, that's not exotic, but still, my exotic quests carried over season to season. They're just chilling in the quest log. So you should not have any concern about that. You're not like going to have to scramble to finish Randy's. I don't think. Are there aspects of Randy's quest, though, that will get reset? He'll have to redo. I'm not actually familiar. Um,. The only thing that resets is your glory. If there's a glory aspect of it, then yeah, but I think you're fine. White, uh, white mamba. Why do you, uh, oh, so do you think, do you think they will change seasonal mod slot on the Garden of Salvation raid so the gear will be usable with the new season mods? I don't have any clue, man. I, 
I feel like maybe raid seasonal mod slots should be flexible for one year, and then after that they get stuck. Like, I think like Garden of Salvation should be able to use Dawn, Season of Dawn, Season of Season of the Worthy, and Summer, all of those. And then a year later, you're you know you're you're shifting forward, and you're not needing to use any of those. You're moving forward to the new raid and the new set. Swolgaroth. With Bungie showcasing content calendars before every season, do you think that we will ever have a surprise exotic mission like the Whisper mission again, or will things like to be uh, let be mentioned on the calendars? Well, I, we might get one this time around, homie. Th- this calendar is very... I went the wrong way. This calendar is very generic. I, it, it doesn't tell you when exotics are showing. Oh, I'm in the TWAB. Um... Yeah, I, I, I think this is... Yes, everybody's enjoying the name Swolgaroth. It is pretty good. Th- this calendar is very generic. It says exotic quests, new exotic armor, new exotic weapons. It doesn't say a single, like, whisper, no pun intended. There's not even a whisper or a hint about when and how these are showing up. They're very... I, this is my... I'm going to give you my theory on what's going on, okay? I think Fourth Horseman will be a drop of some sort, maybe a quest. I also think the... Um, well, we know when we get the, the, the matchbook, we get the matchbook in the actual quest or whatever. I think the, the slug thrower that we saw, like the big chain gun, we did a side-by-side comparison in the trailer. There's like a chain gun that looks like a cabal slug thrower. Like it doesn't look like it. It basically is a cabal slug thrower. My theory is that one of the bunkers, this one in particular might be a cabal themed bunker that's hidden or locked until a certain point and then it's like a whisper or an outbreak mission for that particular thing you'll notice too there's three people standing above it and that's how those dungeon missions always went right you can't take down a bunch of people you, it's just it's an instanced situation with three people this one looks particularly ominous and kind of unique, and I feel like if you went into a bunker that was very cabal in its theme, and it felt like Whisper and Outbreak, they could put that slug thrower in there, and it would make sense. It was like, you found some ab- not abandoned, you found some secret cabal bunker, and that's the weapon that's inside. So. Arctic Spartan. Do you think a dungeon and a raid in September with a dungeon in March would work? One great quality raid a year with two dungeons? You know, after what I said, they could consider that their option. Like, what if they do one dungeon that's, like, on the counter and it's planned, like the dungeon Pit of Heresy, and then you have, like, a Whisper-style dungeon one more, another, you know, one time throughout the year. So you, in essence, get two dungeons in one raid. Mix Solo. With the issue of people doing over 50 runs of a raid without getting a raid exotic, would a system work where there's a quest or a bounty or some sort of tracker that you reach a certain amount of uh, completions and you could turn that in for the raid exotic? I kind of already dealt with this. I like the idea of your the drop rate protection. So if you if you run the raid you know diligently for an entire month, your drop rate would be so so good in the second month. It, it would be like you would get the weapon and you'd get everything you want probably in the second month. Mr. Feltz, when do you think all these storylines somewhat come together? September, Destiny 3, Savathun, love the content. I don't know. I feel like Savathun showing up September, and then the next year the pyramid should uh, show up, and that gets us into, you know, uh, 2022. 
and then 2022 into 2023 could either be 2022 could be the launch date of Destiny 3 or 2022 could be kind of the beginning of the of the downshift the cruise like when we got Rise of Iron and Age of Triumph that last year was clearly like a cruise control year where the live team stepped in and took over and if this September if this September they decide to do the Taken Queen as I've been calling it and then the following September they do the pyramid ships they could get away with I think a 2022 September of okay, it's going to be a little lighter for the next 12 months. It's going to be a downshift. Um, I don't know. They said the summer season where it's all going to come together. They did say this summer will be like no other time in Destiny and a lot of threads are going to come together, so we could see some things happening as well. I happen to think that might be leading to Savathun and not the pyramid ships though. Arctic Spartan. Do you think loot allocation would fix the legendary Ingram problem uh, we are going to run into? Example, Ingrams that drop on the planet or this activity in a specific armor set or group pool. I love the idea. They might not have time to do this, though. I, I, I'm not thrilled about the, the, the loot, the faction loot just getting thrown into that loot pool. Dragon Slayer. Do you think that they could introduce seasonal mods that interact with the seasonal armor mods? So you... Okay, they're going to introduce seasonal we- oh seasonal weapon mods. I why I think this is where they're headed personally. I think when Luke Smith talks about sunsetting weapons, this is one of the reasons they're going to have to do it. Is you start to really spec out and have a synergy between your weapon and your armor, and then a year later they're like, yeah, we got to sunset that weapon. You can't keep doing that. The same way that like Touch of Malice synergized with Blessing of Light, and it was fine in Oryx, it was fine in Kingsfall, but it was going to ruin rather the machine. So, Whitehawk, your opinion on what a friend of mine said? He said maybe they start sunsetting more mods than just artifact mods. Maybe they could take uh, the mod stuff more fun and engaging without any cool, powerful builds that you'd only be able to use for a season or a year. I can't see them doing it for only a season. Sunsetting an armor mod, though, or a weapon mod, I don't know. It. This is where you... You know that skit from Portlandia? It's like, put a bird on it. I kind of feel like you're putting a bird on it. You're like, oh, well, sunsetting weapons will really help. Let's sunset everything else. Let's sunset mods. Let's sunset this. Like, you can't go to every item in Destiny and put a bird on it. it that... that it, it's going to be hard to keep track. Every season, you're like, okay, or every year or whatever, okay, what weapons are getting sunsetting? What, what's what's getting sunset on the mods? What armor is getting sunset? That could be too much of a good thing. Like, you could you could run into some issues there. Taken spec would break any taken content. Minor and major and boss spec is one and a, uh, and one and a bit better, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I... It, they're they're going to have to consider synergies like that, and maybe sunsetting the weapons will be enough to kind of disrupt it. The rubber duck. How do you feel about trials having a light level requirement of nine sixty, but a soft cap moving up to a thousand? Soft cap does not go up to a thousand. Uh, that's not much of a deterrent for cheaters, considering you start at seven fifty. The soft cap is nine fifty, so the grind from nine fifty to a thousand will not be. It'll be streamlined, but it's not going to be lightning fast. Um, getting from 950 to 960 will be when it slows down a little bit. You'll you'll be able to get to 950 pretty pretty quickly, pretty fast, and then 960 will be a little bit of a slower grind. That's not really what you want protecting trials from cheaters. That's a pretty low 
defense mechanism. I think we need more than that. I think we need... I think we really, 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 really need anti-cheat. Every time this comes up, that's what I say. Uh, a quadratical. So I deleted Destiny a while back, but I'm coming back again for like the fourth time after re-downloading it. I keep playing the new season. I get bored really fast. Any ideas on minimizing this? I'm a really heavy grinder. Four to eight hour grind sessions whenever I have the time. I don't even feel like you need me to answer your question. I feel like you know what the, what the issue is. If you're grinding four and eight hours at a time and you're getting burned out, I, like... There isn't some sage advice I can give you other than to play a little bit less. I, or just accept the fact that, like, if you're going to play a lot, you're going to get to the end of the road faster than everybody else. If, you know, if the, if the dinner shows up and you literally inhale it like a crazy person, you're going to be sitting there watching all of your friends eat when their meals show up. And, you know, it's... it's I don't have a great analogy other than that one. I, you, you're asking a question that you know the answer to. I, there's no way for me to, 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 to draw out the content for you other than you saying, well, I put in two or three hours a night. Let me take a break. Let me play something else. You know, Give yourself something else to play like Ori and the Will of the Wisps uh, or Doom. There's a lot of games coming out in March. You know, give, your, give yourself something else to play. You know, Michigan or Michigan. Why do you think that people see regrinding gear after old gear sunsetting as so different from regrinding gear uh, in a new game? I imagine people would feel different if they announced that they would make D3 at the same time. Oh, I'm sorry. On the same engine with old content returning. Well, yeah, I don't want to beat this dead horse. People that get upset about this, I do think there's two camps of people. I think most of the people getting angry about sunsetting and go to the forums, they don't know what the frick they're talking about, and they say things that aren't true. I also happen to think most of them don't even play the end game. They just like to complain, okay? I really and truly think a lot of those people have zero clue what the frick they're talking about. They say things that aren't true. They rep- they misrepresent it probably on purpose, okay? Then I think... A minority in that group of people, about 10%, maybe 20% of the people that are upset about sunsetting, can actually make a pretty decent argument to support their position. Whether it's Eugene here in our chat, or I know Cammy really doesn't like it, they at the very least attempt to be an intelligent person and not just some ranting, tantrum-throwing crybaby on the forums. Like, I think most of the people talking about this are way, way out, way off base. They say things that aren't true, which makes their criticism null and void. They misrepresent the situation, which makes their criticism null and void. They hurl insults and use it as a way and as a catalyst to say nasty things about streamers who like it. I mean, you you get a feel for the type of character and the type of person that you're dealing with. Like these are just these are just nasty people using the internet to just be basically like internet bullies like oh we're just going to use this as a way to like get really wound up and say nasty things on the forums and reddit um what's a good argument against sunsetting i tk lotus i haven't seen a good argument but at least eugene and cammy attempt to argue in an intelligent way i don't think their argument's good i think the argument's weak but like i've not interacted with cammy but i went round and round with eugene i think it's just kind of a weak argument i don't think there's a better system i think other games have, have been here before us I think we've climbed to the top of a mountain and been like, we have a loot problem. What do we do? 
and World of Warcraft is sitting there like some sage, wise old man. It's like, I've been here for years. We've already gone through this. Here's the path forward. I mean, it's this isn't a new situation or a new problem. Destiny's not special, and there's not an infinite amount of weapons or lateral upgrades that Bungie can put in the game. They've proven that over the last five years. From Taken King to now, to act as if that th- there is some solution that Bungie's ignoring that they could just keep doing lateral upgrades. They could just keep adding new perks, adding new this, adding new that. I just think that the, I, I just think that outlook is is just foolhardy. It just doesn't see the big picture. Um, Cammy said himself his standpoint selfish. Cammy's even more unique and narrow than Eugene in his position. People here were saying and kind of like trying to do their best to argue for him, and I was like, it, it's just such a strange position. Uh, he actually likes static roles. Like what? Um, it's so odd. Um, so. There's only a few of us that actually understand uh, that actually understand and legitimately are against sunsetting. Yeah, I kind of feel bad, like even though I don't agree with Eugene and Cammy about this and some of the other people that are against it, I kind of feel bad for them because their position gets a lot of bad representation on the forums and Reddit because you get all these morons saying things that aren't even true. They're wasting their breath. They're, like, they're, gonna, they're taking our weapons away from us. No, they're not. They're, you know, we're not even going to be able to use them. That's not true. They're just going to give us a bunch of crap in place of it. That that Who has said that? I mean, I don't know. There's the entire impetus for the change is to give us better weapons. So I don't understand, I don't understand anybody that would look at this and be like, oh, they're going to do this but not give us better weapons. They wouldn't pull the trigger on a system-wide change that will likely cause people to get upset. They wouldn't pull the trigger on a system-wide change if it didn't net them a design benefit. Like, it would be illogical for them to do that. So, I, I can't stress enough that I think people are really, really misunderstanding it or, or, or misrepresenting it almost every time it comes up. Uh, Sky Crew. Sky Crew, are you, are you, this is a fan. This might be a fan of 100. I think that's from 100, isn't it? The TV show. How would you feel about making an armor set for PvP, kind of like how they do with World of Warcraft with PvP sets? Man, I think sets are dangerous. What they did in Gambit Prime was kind of, eh, uh, ooh, wow, that that it, it that got a little wild. I like the idea of trials, guns, and loot having like perks relevant to trials, and then it ends up getting sunset. I would say maybe start with the weapons first and see how it goes. Papa Crabman gifted a sub to Fuzzy Epic Muffin. Those are two great usernames to say back to back. Harrison Games, what's a good incentive to be uh, possibly give ascendant shards or rewards for winning any Crucible matches? I, I th- this this question's kind of slapped together. What's a good incentive be to possibly? Oh, I'm sorry. Would a good incentive be to possibly give Ascendant Shards rewards for winning many Crucible matches in a row? Okay, I misread your question, sorry. Um, sure, yes, I think that they need some form of a currency grind. I don't know how often you want to do this, though. If it undercuts the Nightfall currency grind, you got to be careful. If all I do is have to run, like, 10 Crucible games, and I blow the Crucible, I blow the, the currency grind in the Nightfall out of the water, then that's there that's you got to be really careful you can't undercut an entire like economic structure and rhythm that they built for the nightfalls and the currency there so again if you guys are enjoying the talks and the conversation we're very excited about the new season tomorrow i love all the q a i love all the names in chat remember to click the follow button on my channel it's the little heart button and turn on notifications that's a free way to support what i do i stream every day thanks for being here next question from keys hey lono what do you think about Bungie mainly nerfing the strong exotics without buffing the weak underused exotics? It's not always as simple as this. 
Um, yes, I watched the 100. Okay, thank you. I, I got into the show and I kind of fell out of interest with it. I liked it and then I, I felt like they were always telling the same story. I, I don't know. It felt like they were always telling the same story. <laughs> I love the show and the actors. Though. It was cool, but um, I, I, I fell out of love with that show. I got kind of bored. Anyway, it's not always this simple about being like, oh, hey, if you're going to nerf, you also need a buff. The amount of work... And I don't want to sit here and make excuses. Bungie apologists, but the amount of work that goes into nerfing is is sort of like in the way of buffing sometimes. It Wouldn't you rather them take the care and the patience to not destroy something? One-Eyed Mask is still going to be worth using. Izanagi's will probably still be worth using in certain scenarios. They're not, I would rather them kind of take their time as opposed to like dis- destroying destroying exotics and then and then you're like well thanks one-eyed mask is trash now in pvp no no it will not be trash it's going to be really strong in trials they're bringing back the overshield so in 2v1s i'm telling you right now one-eyed mask is going to be strong in trials you're going to see folks running it because if it's a 2v1 and they win that first fight they now have an overshield for the next guy that's like really helpful <laughs> that's really helpful um, so I I would rather them like do the right thing it's as opposed to well we gotta do nerfs and buffs so maybe their nerfs are more reckless and less thoughtful and their buffs aren't that great either like I don't know it sometimes has to come in swings and, and, and seasons so maybe they do need to maybe they do need to buff some stuff but I don't know if it's the right time it was probably a lot of work just to nerf the things they nerfed. They nerfed a lot of things. Um, I'm done playing. I'm so sick of playing. They're nerfing everything. Okay. Miguel gives an sub to Bass Pigeon. Thank you so much. Uh, or Bass Pigeon. I'm picturing a pigeon playing a bass guitar. Uh, I did prep bounties for Season of the Worthy. Do you think it's risky to store more than seven bounties for Crucible Strikes ETC? Because it could not fulfill if you could not fulfill the weekly powerful milestones of the vendors. I don't really, I don't get too worried about this man. Joseph Boss. Uh, how can I convince my friend that the major Shadowkeep nerfs were not justified? Were not just justified, but needed. Um, I'm not even sure what you're talking about with the Shadowkeep nerfs. I don't know what you're referring to. In general, I think people overstate nerfs as well. I think people get too bent out of shape about nerfs. Um, they're in, in, in a lot of situations, I think people basically auto-reload auto probably. I think people always overstate nerves. We always adapt and try something else and we end up being really strong. For people that are like, they just nerf this game and make it so boring. We are so much absurdly stronger than we ever were in Destiny 1. To act like they've nerfed the game into a boring state or they've nerfed the game into the ground is just to live in a state of delusional hyperbole. We are so ridiculously strong now. It's like it's absurd to, to act like Bungie's over-nerfed the cake. They've overbaked the cake. They have not nerfed this game of the ground. With the, the stuff we can do, the frequency of our supers and abilities is just dumb what we can do in this game. The fact that I could run around Sundial with endless sword or machine gun ammo and even grenade launcher ammo with the right build come on we are so strong man like i don't know I, supers came back faster in d1 
I don't know, brother. You can spec and get your super back really fast. Orbs are everywhere on the ground. I feel like I always have my super. I don't know. My endless ammo builds requires me to get 50% of my super with regularity, and I, I do it a lot. I, I don't know. I think people really overstate how much we've been nerfed. And it here here's something that I think harkens back to something I've said a couple of times today. It's not an us versus them situation. It's not like I feel like people do that. They're like they're like clutching everything in the game. I'm like, don't you dare come after my precious items. Now, Bungie, I'm gonna hold you. You better improve the game and make it better. You better improve quality and tweaks and make things exciting. Add new loot incentives, but don't you dare don't you dare come from my stuff. You messed everybody else's stuff. Yeah. You nerf auto rifles into the ground. I don't care. Leave my hand cannons alone. Like it's not an us versus them situation. If they're going to make the game continue and evolve and get better and have good loot incentive and good balance and good and good iterations on the way the game scales and flows season to season, there there's no way for them to not mess with something that's probably going to disrupt your 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 favorite loadout or your favorite gun. And this whole they just disrespect the player's time. I just I I, that gets so overstated. It's it's like when it's like when a Karen demands an apology at a at a store. Shut up. What is stop? You're so you're being so melodramatic. Well, I demand an apology. They're disrespecting our time. You are being so melodramatic. It's not that serious. We're playing a game that's always around, always stuff to do, and they're trying to evolve it and scale it so you can keep playing for very small amounts of money, and you sound like a freaking Karen asking for an apology. It's just too much. It's so it's so overstated. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell your friend. I don't know what to tell anybody that gets upset about this kind of stuff. Bungie's not reaching into the game. There's never been a meeting at Bungie where they're like, what can we do in the next season to really upset the player base and to really just make them mad? Let's just start nerfing. What what should we nerf? You, yeah, you in the front. Just There's no bad answers here. Just throw something out. Izanagi's, what a riot. Let's do it. Let's nerf it. They're going to get so mad. Oh, it's going to be hysterical. Who said legendary snipers? Who? You in the back? Oh, that's hilarious. All right. We're running out of room on the dry erase board. They're not doing that. Like, they're trying to <laughs> they're trying to make the game better. They're trying to evolve it. They're trying to tweak it and improve it. It's not an us versus them situation. That's just such a tiresome narrative. It's so tiresome to have to talk to people who feel like these upset, whiny curmudgeons, like Bungie just keeps ruining their favorite game loadout weapon whatever. When it's like, they've been doing this for five years, man. Like, I, they've got to disrupt and evolve and push things forward a little bit. I, I don't know. I am Pedro. Follow-up question to my last. Proper English this time. What is the solution, in your opinion, on the... You forgot a comma. I'm skipping your question. I'm just kidding. What is the solution, in your opinion, on the absurd size of the world loot pool? I already answered this one. I think it's too big with a lack of intentionality. It's going to be really hard to get your dire promise roll that you want. Uh, there's lots of stuff in there. Um, it, I think that they could have been smarter about this play. It is the only thing I'm disappointed in that they've talked about recently. I don't want to die on this hill. It's just faction stuff coming back, but I do think they could have done a better job with this. Smoky Gaming. Do you think Destiny would uh, 
benefit from a champion point system like ESO to replace the artifacts unlimited power instead you could slot points into things like mobility recovery intelligent ETC to make for more powerful builds that that sounds good but the first thing I think of is that doesn't feel like destiny that feels like ESO Destiny's not a game where you can just keep doing that like Paragon and Diablo I think the artifact is Bungie's version of that Bungie's version of like Paragon or uh, you know the champion system that's their version of it and it resets every season I don't know if you can just keep just every season every season adding that now if they let you if they reset it then what are you really doing that's that different than what they're doing if every season they're like hey uh, we let you guys add all those extra points to your mobility and your strength and blah 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 and now it resets if it resets every season what have you done that is so vastly different and better than what they're already doing? Does that make sense? Also, the danger of your suggestion is you would remove painful choice from the equation, and I think that's a, that's a risk. Uh, one of the... This is going to sound weird, but one of the good things of an armor system that that makes you make a hard choice is that you have to decide what you value most, and then you... I think you tend to probably enjoy your crafted, like your build more. If you're able to just pile on the stats to where you don't really have to pay attention to shifting things around your stats, your totals, any of those things. I think what ends up happening is, is a lot of the decision-making becomes almost automatic or not even automatic. It's like, it's, it's not even a thought. And then there's no, you don't feel any sense of pride in your loadout. You're like, well, yeah, I mean, I played a bunch and I got all my stats juiced and buffed. So none of my armor choices, none of my mod changes, none of that stuff matters. Okay. So you, you, you end up in a situation where it's like you're removing some of the, some of the, the, the appeal and the love that you put into a build by making it too absurdly strong. Do you think the fact that they mentioned that year four seasons are definitely a thing, but no mention of a year four DLC, is it possible to conceive we won't have one? Man, I really don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to read too deep here. They managed to build Shadow Keep and do a season after the break with Activision, but I got to be careful here. A lot of that could have already been built before the split. I know. They made it pretty clear they wanted to go back to the Dreadnought and that they had plans to go back to the Dreadnought. I uh, I don't know, man. That, that sounds really thin to me to just season, 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 season. Even if the seasons get better and better with time, my concern would be that sometimes you can adjust player expectations and kind of disrupt them. You can be like, well, we're going to do this this time. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Blah, 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 blah. An example would be seasonal content's going to come in and expire. That's a pretty significant disruption to player expectation. I think another really significant disruption to player expectation is not doing an expansion in September. Like, oh, I don't know. I think people would be like, um, yeah, this is not what I want. I want something more significant. I want an ethos shift. I want to. I want to shift in the in the story. I don't know. I don't think it would go over that well. I'd be worried about player perception on that. Serial Kira, they uh, the talk of mod sparked a question. 
Can they add counter armor mods for some of the weapon mods, like anti-rampage or anti-kill clip? Would that be too much? That's getting real rock, paper, scissors. I don't think you want to go that route. You don't know what people are wearing, and it affects what you think your weapon's going to do. The Remy. Do you think sunsetting weapons will involve adding two mod slots? This will allow to run our normal and anti-barrier. I, I think that's going to be a likely outcome. That's a soft push to the new stuff. It's like, oh, it's got two mod slots. It's better. I would even think extra perks. Um, it Just another perk slot, you know? They could add a, uh, a specialized perk slot that maybe you can pick or level up or something. I don't know. That would mess with... It would be like another iteration on Masterwork or something just another thing to like you look in there and you're like oh look at all this stuff like right now you look at an armor piece and there's so much stuff in there and you look at a weapon and it's still it has that it has a very basic feel in comparison so I could see the weapon like the internal workings of a weapon being very very fleshed out so there's no question oh man this is why they're going to start sunsetting weapons god of sniping Lono, with sunsetting and mod and weapon energy synergy currently being focused on, what's your thought on armor sets that open up another mod socket that you wear all the pieces or a special perk for open world activities? We uh, we already had a question like this. I, 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 I'm concerned that that might be one of those things where we become too strong. I don't know. I'd have to see it first or have an idea in my head first. I don't see a reason to do it right now. There's so much armor customization as it is. And if every season you're kind of shuffling forward every five months to new armor sets, new seasonal mods, I don't think we want to complicate that recipe already. It's already pretty complex. There's not a lot of, there's already a lot of moving parts there. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to say that one out loud. You think that they'll make changes to Gambit this year? Unlikely. Probably not until September. Step it up a level. I could be incorrect. Most of the seals that have been added during the seasons are only available for a certain time and then they go away. Do you think that we will see more seals that we don't do in three months? If they get, if they do away with this, it won't be until September because Luke Smith indicated that year four would be the beginning of a shift away from some of that. Omega, if weapons are getting stronger and better, then why sunset the old ones and not just the new, more powerful weapons going forward? Because the system needs to be consistent and it needs to be very clear to you what's going on. I'm, I don't think it's a problem. Can you explain exactly what is anti-cheat? It's a form of software that scans your system to make sure you're not running extra stuff to either automatically ban you or not let you open the game. I think it should automatically ban you. Uh, will the mods... Uh, next question from Schnozberries. Will the mods available at the Obelisk be available to us next season? Would it be worth to buy them now? They haven't said. I don't know how they're going to do it, Schnoz. CWB. How do they keep meaningful difficulty spectrum while increasing power level each season? I think you do it with Contest Modifier. I think a version of Contest Modifier will be active in Grandmaster Nightfalls. Lunav, in terms of story, how would you be able to use Rasputin to destroy the Almighty if it was stated in the vanilla that it is connected to the sun? And destroying the Almighty would take the sun with it. Also, I don't have a source, but in the lore, it states that a small black hole is inside the Almighty trapped a guardian in it if we were to destroy the almighty wouldn't it release said black hole and take out the entire system brother i'm gonna give you the most polite i don't care that i can give you silent service does trials need to launch smoothly for the player base coming back to stay the recent season launches have not been perfect and the returning players for trials may not stick around through much bs this is why anti-cheat such a focus right now this is why the artifact being active was such a big focus 
it is it is hugely important for exactly what you're talking about yes if if everyone comes clamoring back for trials oh no the maps are great and the loot's great but there's dosing and cheating all over the place it's gonna really really hurt the content's reception Donnie says, is there any information or rumors about the new DLC? No. Beatbox Hero says, Lono, I'm a bot, and you may have talked about this before, but have Bungie announced if they are changing the raid loot system in Garden in the coming season? They've not said anything about it. They've said nothing about Garden of Salvation. They've said nothing about raid loot. They've not said nothing about raid loot. Um, and Luke Smith indicated they want to they want to go to the tip of the pyramid and make the stuff better. That's what sunsetting's all about. That is plenty of questions. Anything that gets submitted after this is not getting answered. I'll answer it outside of Q&A though. I'm going to keep streaming. So if you're here right now and enjoying yourself, don't go anywhere. Click the follow button. That helps support me. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live and as always, please like, share and subscribe. <laughs>